Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, retired NYPD Sergeant Bill Cannon, a 27-year veteran of the NYPD. You know, folks, we're coming up with new information in regards to the uh, homicide of Blake and Riley on the University of Georgia campus. And some of the details, of course, as in any case like this, are quite disturbing. And uh, in the in the arrest warrant affidavits, they have uh, come up with several things that they found out, and also, you know, through the canvas, through the canvas of the area, uh, and talking to people and reviewing video, uh, they've determined many things about this case. Um, Jose Antonio Ibarra detained a 22-year-old nursing student. Jose Antonio Ibarra detained a 22-year-old nursing student. Folks, I'm getting a little bit of echo here. I apologize. Um, Um, Raleigh was running on the intramural fields of the University of Georgia at 110 Lake Herrick Drive, and she stopped. He stopped the victim from making or completing a 9/11 call, and he killed her by disfiguring her skull when striking Riley's head with an object and dragged the student's body to a secluded area. Guys, I'm sorry, I'm getting some uh, feedback here, but I mean, I'm going to share the screen and play. More about how she was killed and who will prosecute her case. Fox News' Kim Leffler joins us now from Athens with today's developments. Kim, what is the latest? Full arrest warrants for Jose Antonio Ibarra are giving more insight into how 22-year-old Lakin Riley died. Now, this comes as the athens Clark County District Attorney has brought on a special prosecutor for her case. We do want to warn you, some of these details you're about to hear may be disturbing. Arrest warrants for Jose Antonio Ibarra provide more insight into the death of 22-year-old Augusta University nursing student Lakin Riley. The warrants say Riley was killed between the hours of 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. on February 22nd at the intramural fields on UGA's campus. They state Ibarra used an object to strike her head. ISIS confirmed Ibarra entered the country illegally in 2022 and was released on parole. ICE says he was arrested again in New York in 2023 for a motor vehicle violation and acting in a manner to injure a child, but was released before a detainer could be issued. Discussion around Ibarra's immigration status has sparked fear among UGA's Hispanic community, noting an increase in anti-immigrant rhetoric. A lot of us who, who are afraid to really stand up and, and just 
really help each other out because out of, out of fear in my program we had a, a situation in which someone made that comment and i'd have to bring it up to uh head of department's attention florencio continues to encourage the community to come together as the school begins to move forward really just a call for unity solidarity rather than just making it more about political aspects it's just more about standing together standing strong meanwhile athens clark county district attorney deborah gonzalez will bring in special prosecutor sheila ross to try riley's case according to a biography from the chief justice's commission on professionalism ross has assisted prosecutors across the state with murder and death penalty prosecutions and tried dozens of complex murder cases Riley's funeral is currently scheduled for 2 p.m. on Friday at Woodstock City Church. Live this afternoon. So, folks, what we're getting was there. there is a potential, and they didn't realize this in the beginning, but there is a potential that the perpetrator stalked uh, Lake and Riley and that he had been watching this jogging path. So there's a real potential to that. And we're going to get into that a little bit more but uh i want everyone of course to hold on to your seats you're about to enter true crime from a police perspective you're about to enter the off the cuff zone the police off the cuff zone There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped in Tampa Ranch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. So folks were back. Uh, what they found out um, in this investigation is that obviously through the arrest warrant, the media has found out some more things about uh, Jose Antonio Ibarra. And one of the things was that he could actually see the jogging path from his apartment complex. And, and that was a, that's a bit disturbing because they think the potential that he may have been stalking her on this jogging path is a real reality. And that in itself is a scary thought. Uh, Jose Antonio Ibarra detained 22-year-old nursing student Lakin Riley on the intramural fields of the University of Georgia at 110 Lake Herrick Drive stopped his victim from making or completing a 911 call, killed her by disfiguring her skull and striking Riley's head with an object, and dragged the student's body to a secluded area. That's even more disturbing. So Riley, excuse me, Lake and Riley knew what was happening, and she tried to call for help because she was confronted by danger. She was confronted by this attacker she was confronted by this savage and she attempted to try and call 911. Uh, this is how uh, what I just previously read is how the arrest warrant UGA Police Sergeant Sophie Abu described the crimes that Ibarra allegedly committed 
between 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. on February 22nd. Those crimes included murder, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, obstruction of a 911 call, and concealing the death of another person. The incident happened when Riley, an avid runner, was using the UGA trails, as she reportedly did on many occasions. Police said that Ibarra, who lived in an apartment complex nearby, did not know Riley, and he attacked her in a crime of opportunity. Ibarra, 26, is a Venezuelan national who's in the U.S. illegally. He lived at the complex with his brother, Diego, who is also an illegal immigrant and had worked at a UGA dining hall. Evidence that led investigators to identify Jose as the murder suspect includes footage from campus surveillance cameras uh, that the police viewed. Riley, who was originally from Woodstock, had been an undergrad at UGA until the spring of 2023, at which time she enrolled with Augusta University's nursing program, which has classes in Athens. This is from a report by Classic uh, City News. Now, some of those factors, obviously, we didn't know about. It's the first time we knew, knew about this. We knew perhaps by the charges that something else horrific had occurred here. Uh, so now we know that she was confronted and she sensed or knew there was danger and attempted to call 911. And he hit her with an object. Uh, over her head, disfigured her head, dragged her from one location to another, and not, thus comes the kidnapping charges, which in itself is horrific. And, you know, I questioned, um, and I still question, whether Jose Antonio Ibarra has an extensive criminal record in Venezuela that we just don't know about because obviously he was not vetted when he crossed the border. So, is it possible that someone with a clean record that's 26 years old commits a crime like this? Yeah, it's possible. But I would believe that he's had some uh, violent, violent crimes in his past in his own country that we just don't know about, again, because we just let people cross into this country unvetted. So that's one of the things that, uh, that I would ask, that I would want to know what was his history? Who is this guy? And we, we really don't know that right now. Anger in the small college town of Athens, Georgia, following the murder of a 22-year-old nursing student. Police are calling the tragic death a crime of opportunity. CBS's Mark Strassman reports now the suspect's immigration status has the governor blaming the White House for the woman's death. Campus is really heavy right now. We're all heartbroken. Heartbreak that goes with senselessness. That's what's striking here to hundreds of people gathering at this remembrance, and to anyone who has heard the story of Lake and Riley's murder. She was devoted to making this world a better place, and we have no doubt that she would have been an incredible nurse. In Athens, Georgia, your classic college town, the nursing student, just 22, was killed while running alone. Police found Riley's body behind this lake, a popular jogging trail, dead from blunt force trauma. Behind bars, 26-year-old Jose Ibarra, charged with her murder. And to many Americans, Ibarra has also become the new face of illegal immigration. Lakin's death is a direct result of failed policies on the federal level and an unwillingness by this White House to secure the southern border. 
ICE says the 26-year-old Venezuelan native illegally crossed the U.S. southern border in September of 2022. He was processed there and released. Now Athens police have him in custody, also struck by the senselessness. He did not know her at all. Um, I think this was a crime of opportunity. This college community is grateful for a quick arrest. But like her fellow nursing students, the grief will linger for anyone in Lake and Riley's world. You think of it as the perfect college town and now it kind of feels like the bubble is almost busted. On the family's GoFundMe page, they said Lakin was an amazing daughter, sister, and friend, adding she'll be missed every day. Nora? It is so heartbreaking. Mark Strassman, thank you so much. So, you know, that's the report. Of course, the, um, the campus, the campus, the university community is so shaken, shaken to the bone. And I just want to go over a little bit of the uh, facts and circumstances here. Apparently, pretty much every day, Lincoln Riley would go jogging in, in the same path. Uh, and apparently, she went jogging as she did every day. Uh, maybe it was about 11 uh, a.m. And when she didn't come home, maybe it was earlier that because what what would raise her roommate up if uh, you know she she wasn't substantially late? So her roommate called the police, and they took this quite seriously, right uh, right from the beginning. And they did a canvas of the area of the jogging track, even calling out by name, calling Lakin Riley out by name, Lakin Lakin. And at some point, one of the officers discovered her body. And uh, he could see that she had sustained blunt trauma to the head. And apparently, she was not breathing. And he had uh, provided CPR and attempted and then called EMS. And EMS responded to the scene, and um, they could not save her. Uh, they couldn't save her life. She, her, her head trauma was, was, was that bad. And from that point on, of course, they established, the, the first thing it rule in homicide investigation is the protection of life. And once on the scene, Lincoln Riley was declared dead. Now it's time to start the investigation. And I don't know if they uh, immediately transported her body to the hospital they kept it on the scene that's not, not uh, that's not reported so they establish a crime scene and part of establishing that crime scene of course is doing a canvas of the area and a canvas of the area includes of course these days high-tech everything there's video everywhere and pulling up the video and when they pulled up the video they were able to identify this man and I don't know exactly what the video showed them, but that's Jose Antonio Ibarra. And they followed him into the complex that he lived in, which apparently you could see part of the jogging path from this apartment complex. And when they canvassed the area, they also got some of the residents of the area to say once he was identified, and this was apparently after, well, after the fact, that every day him and four or five other individuals just hang out on the front stoop of their building 
and they, that's really all they do. So they just hang out. And I have to assume part of that hanging out, he potentially was scoping that jogging path because they found in the garbage dumpster on that property bloody clothing that he had discarded. And potentially that also was verified by video. Watching him, the apartment complex's video, seeing that he discarded what turned out to be bloody clothing into the dumpster. So when we talk about evidence and they can connect his clothing to him and her blood on his clothing. And that's linkage. That's something called linkage. So that will link him both to his, that clothing and a link her blood to him. And the video further solidifies that evidence to show who threw those, uh, those items into the dumpster. And the police made such a quick arrest on this case. And uh, one of the other things I spoke about the other night was when he's processed, besides the fact that he'll be uh, photographed and fingerprinted and all of that stuff, they will interview him and probably in Spanish because uh, it's it's it, his main language is, is is Spanish, so they wouldn't want to be they wouldn't want to be accused when this case goes to court that he didn't understand what they were saying to him. So they would obviously interview him in Spanish. They would also photograph his entire body because chances are Lake and Riley, and we know this for a fact, she fought so hard for her life. So one of the things we discuss also is that potentially she could have the perpetrator's DNA underneath her fingernails or somewhere either on her clothing, or on her body. And that also is very, very powerful, powerful evidence. So that's what uh, the officers are doing with this investigation. In addition, his DNA will go into the CODIS database. CODIS is the DNA, the National DNA Database, which stands for Combined DNA Identification System, which is run by the FBI. And there's two separate parts of that CODIS database. One is offender DNA, which his DNA won't be in the offender DNA because he's just been in this country a very short time and hasn't committed a crime that would uh, have his DNA collected. And then there's forensic DNA, and that's DNA that is collected from unidentified perps from crime scenes. So you have a crime scene, and we don't know who the perp is, but we have DNA. Potentially, you know, so many of you folks have been saying to me, oh, could he be the same person that killed Rachel Marin? And remember this sketch here. There's the sketch of, of the uh, perpetrator from the Rachel Marin case. And I said, look, I can't, I don't think he looks like the sketch. However, his DNA will go into the CODIS database and they will compare his DNA to 
forensic cases, which that's an open case. So if he is the perpetrator from the Rachel Marin case, they will absolutely compare his DNA against the forensic CODIS database and it would pop. So I'm just trying to uh, relieve everyone's fear that he'll never be, uh, they'll never test his DNA for that. They absolutely will. They'll put it in the CODIS database and it would pop. So we'll, we'll, we'll see that. But, um, you know, based, we found out some new things today, of course, based on the uh, the arrest warrants that they did. And we found out maybe some things that we don't actually need to know, but we know right now what, what occurred here. And this is part of the initial press conference. But I'm here to share that we have a suspect in custody for Lakeland's murder. We are obtaining arrest warrants for Jose Antonio Ibera. Lakin Riley, a 22-year-old nursing student at Augusta University in Georgia, attacked and murdered while running near campus. We have five things we've learned about her, the case, and the man charged with murdering her. I'm Anjanette Levy, and this is Crime Fix. Lakin Riley was a happy, vibrant young woman studying to become a nurse at Augusta University in Athens, Georgia. Last Thursday, a friend of Lakin's reported her missing just after noon when she didn't return from a run at the intramural fields. 30 minutes later, a police report says an officer found Lakin lying on the ground unconscious while searching some woods. He called out to her, but she didn't respond. The University of Georgia officer said Lakin had visible injuries and no pulse, so he started CPR. From there, UGA police launched its first homicide investigation on campus in nearly 30 years. Police Chief Jeffrey Clark said video from campus security cameras led them to Jose Antonio Abera, a 26-year-old man in the country illegally from Venezuela. Abera was living at an apartment building in Athens. Investigations suggest that they had no relationship. Uh, he did not know her at all. Um, I think this was a crime of opportunity uh, where he saw an individual um, and uh, bad things happened. Chief Clark calls the evidence in the case robust. Abera. You know, folks, that um, this picture right on the screen right now is what I was talking about. He dumped um, some of his bloody clothing in dumpsters right in the apartment complex that he lives. So that evidence is very crucial evidence since it will no doubt contain the blood of uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley and his clothing. So that is pretty damning, pretty powerful evidence. And when you match that up to video from the apartment complex cameras, uh, watching him put that uh, bloody clothing into the dumpster, very powerful. The case robust. Abera faces a number of charges, including malice murder, felony murder, kidnapping, false imprisonment, and aggravated battery. Immigration and Customs Enforcement confirms Jose Antonio Abera was arrested in September of 2022 after entering the country illegally. He was paroled and released. Then the NYPD arrested Abera in August of 2023 for acting in a way that could injure a child younger than 17, but he was released before an immigration hold could be placed on him. Then he was arrested on Friday for Lake and Riley's murder in Georgia.
Meanwhile, Lake and Riley's family is preparing to lay her to rest at a funeral service in Woodstock, Georgia, this Friday. Joining me to discuss the very... Well, you know, guys, I, I just want to go over a few things. Um, you know, one of the dangers here, and of course, when, when someone comes into this country unvetted, and if they are a bad guy, if they do have a criminal history, which I would bet a lot of money that he does have a criminal history from Venezuela, that just no one in this country ever found out about. If someone in this country uh, is a danger, is a violent predator, then that and the person's released from prison, that person is on parole and is monitored by the criminal justice system. Many people here complain about that, that, uh, that a criminal is monitored and that he should never get out when someone is that dangerous. But in the case of uh, Antonio, Jose Antonio Ibarra, we don't even know. We don't know if he has a criminal history because obviously um, he's never been vetted. His record has never been checked uh, because we don't know where he came from, where he's been, what he's done. Uh, because again, he crossed into this country uh, unvetted, unchecked, and there lies the danger in these type of cases. Um, and I think we can do better. I think as a country, as a criminal justice system, we can do better for this young lady, Lake and Riley, and for her family, and for the University of Georgia community, and of all of communities in the United States. I think our government has a duty to protect its citizenry. And right now, uh, I don't believe that they're doing that. I don't believe they're protecting and the searches through the database become very important. That's a huge area for anybody who's traveled across the country, specifically by vehicle, car, or what have you. That's a long way from point A. I think what he's talking about is that you know uh, he's he's crossed in. He's been in three different states. He's been in Georgia. He's been in New York, right? And he's been in Texas. He entered the country illegally in Texas. Where was he? I mean, how many other potential, has he done other violent crimes? I don't know. I don't know, but that's the whole purpose of the CODIS database, the forensic part of the CODIS database. So do we know if he's committed another violent crime? No, we don't. But I think we need to, to vet that, to check that out. You know, there was something interesting uh, that Chief Clark said on Friday night when announcing this. Um, you know, he said the evidence was robust. Uh, but he also said that this investigation is not over yet. So, Joe? You know, something, uh, again, what they're talking about, no, this investigation is not over yet because they're going to they're gonna put his, his DNA into CODIS, into the forensic database inside CODIS, and they're going to check him for other crimes across the country. And, to, to, and in addition, his brother... Who lives with who lives in the same apartment complex with them put a picture of him on the screen has also is also here illegally and for a short time worked uh at the university of georgia campus either as a dishwasher or something in the kitchen and that's his picture up on the screen and he, when they did the search warrant on their apartment it was found that he uh had an illegal green card which no doubt 
got him the job at the University of Georgia. Uh, but his name is Diego Jose Ibera, and he is on an immigration holder now. They've got a holder on him, ICE does. Uh, so we assume that he will be deported, but he's accused of faking a green card. Uh, so is there any information that police can glean from him? Uh, he's living at the same address as his brother. So is there anything they can get out of him? Or is this something where they will just kind of put him through the legal system here and then deport him? Yeah, well, than likely, listen, good police work has to do with about debriefing and interviewing and talking to people, right? So you try to talk to or debrief anybody that you can help you with your case. You know, considering he's the guy's brother, he might not be forthcoming with information, but that doesn't mean you go in there with a defeated attitude. You give it an opportunity. Maybe he can give you some information to work with, or maybe he can give you uh, some tidbit about something else that's going on within the community that they live and come from. So it's an important first step. And listen, I, you know, the, the likelihood of him getting deported now, I think it's pretty high. So maybe, you know, he wants to make a deal, too. He wants to stay in the country and he wants to be able to do something. And maybe he can give them some information. You know, what What does it take? Uh, I mean, uh, unfortunately, this this is what it took to get, uh, you know, to get this guy deported. This is what it took in the murder of a young man. the other digital evidence. We have a witness, let's just say, you know, case closed, we're moving on to something else, we'll see you at the trial. But they didn't say that. So I think they believe that there is there are other potential victims out there and that they want them to come forward. Just an awful case, Joe. I mean, this is a young woman. She was working toward a nursing degree at Augusta University. Just a, um, seems very sweet by all accounts. We've read so many nice things about her. You know, she was in a sorority. She worked hard. She does what a lot of girls do. A lot of she was an innocent person, you know. Uh, and, and the thing that we may learn uh, from this uh, from this incident is that perhaps she was being stalked. Perhaps uh, she was being targeted by Jose Antonio Obata, who was watching every day, watching this jogging path. They found this out through this investigation. So. Good investigation, of course, takes time. Uh, you don't have all the answers. You know, every time the police do a briefing, they say, we'd like everyone to know that this is preliminary and this is all subject to change. And that is certainly the case here. Uh, so the arrest warrants, they revealed new details in nursing student Lakin Riley's case. And absolutely, and the details that we have, unfortunately, uh, details about, you know, the the manner of of, uh, of death, of course, which is homicide, the mode of death, which was blunt trauma to the head. And then the other factors we learned about in the case that she was, in fact, trying to call 911, as she knew she was in extreme danger. She was attempting to call 911. He prevented her hit her over the head with some blunt object and then dragged her to another location, potentially, you know, just to conceal her body, which is is, is just a horrific uh, situation. Um, and, you know, this, this case in itself, it's not just about, um, uh, it, it's, it's not just about you know, it's been politicized because obviously of the immigration thing, but it's 
if this was a just a, a, an American citizen from Georgia and committed this horrific crime on this campus, I think it would get a lot of attention too. However, the fact it's exacerbated by the fact that this individual came to this country illegally and in that sense, it could have been prevented uh, by, again, not allowing him to get into the country. And part two to that is to, when he was arrested in another state, to allow the police, when they found out his immigration status, to have him call ICE and have ICE deport him. But New York City police aren't even allowed to call ICE. It's horrific. It's And when, you know, when the news media says this is political, well, yeah, yeah, because the law is that uh, he came into this country illegally. So if you enforce the law, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be in this country, right? So if, if you want to say that's political, yes, it is. Folks, this is police off the cuff, real crime stories. If you like real crime, true crime, from a police perspective, then you're in the right place. And if you're not subscribed to us, go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. And share us with your friends and your family. Uh, we'd love to have full families watching Police Off the Cuff podcast. And if you want to contribute to us, we have a Patreon with three different levels. We also have a YouTube channel membership with counting five different levels, and you can join our YouTube channel as a member. Uh, so we appreciate all of our fans, our subscribers, and our friends uh, that help us to keep this show going. Reporting on this, you actually have found out some new information uh, about the suspect, right? And, and talking to neighbors. Tell us what you've come up with today. Yeah, new details, Connell, that we had never heard before. This is what's so interesting when you actually go and visit a place, you speak to the people who actually know that person best. And certainly we learned a lot from the neighbors. First, let me just tell you, this is the running trail where 22-year-old Lakin Riley was brutally murdered. We know from police documents that they believe Jose Ibarra was the one who actually tracked her down, brutally beat her over the head, and then dished her body somewhere here. But really what I wanna show you is this apartment complex because this is where Ibarra lived for the past few months. The neighbors tell me he was kind of a loner, kept to himself very quiet, often would just sit outside of his studio apartment where he lived with four or five others all day long and just watch. And they say that Lake and Riley actually cut through this apartment complex to get to this trail. Now, the reason that I'm actually standing right here in front of these dumpsters is because I learned some really critical details. These neighbors tell me that they have security camera footage that shows he, Jose Ibarra with bloody clothes, with evidence, and actually taking them to this dumpster and ditching it. I spoke to a number of neighbors here, all of them very fearful because of what happened, wanting to remain anonymous, but they shared some of that information. Take a look. He took all of the evidence. He was on camera with his bloody clothes in the bag. He just got went up to that bus stop right there in the traffic. That dumpster, there two dumpsters back there, and then they came back there. They were back here yesterday. And so these neighbors doing the right thing, turning over all of that footage to the police. Obviously, that's going to be used to build the best case possible if Jose Ibarra is prosecuted at some point for these crimes that he's accused of committing. As for Jose himself, I shared a little bit about it. It sounds like he really just kept to himself, really in a very spooky way, these neighbors say. He would just sit outside of his apartment and sit quietly and watch the world go by, 
their thought is that he saw Lake and Riley run by his apartment so many times that he actually was able to gather intel about her normal schedule, her running path, and that's the reason why he was able to commit this crime, as police say. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, boy, terrific reporting, as always, from Alex Capriello, right on top of things there in Athens, Georgia. Thank you, Alex. Thanks so much. So, folks, that's uh, that was pretty important. It was a good good report that they, they found that out, that, uh, you know, Lake and Riley actually ran through that apartment complex. Could uh, the defendant, uh, Jose Ibarra, could he have tracked her? Or could he have seen that he ran? she ran that path the same time every day and planned this attack? I think that's very, very possible. Uh, and then you see him being arrested there. So... These are all distinct possibilities. And the reporter, I think, did a good job of what, what, what he said about the, the uh, residents of the um, of the complex turnover over the video. That's They didn't do that. What happens is the police canvass for video, in addition to canvassing an area and speak to people. They would go right into that building knowing that the defendant, Jose Ibarra, lives there, right? And then... They would go to the manager of that building, the owner of that building, and request to see the video. And that in itself is a science because they got to watch the video to see about the time that this occurred and to see the perpetrator come back and put the clothes, bloody clothes, in that dumpster. And as I spoke before, that's a huge piece of evidence right now because it, the evidence, uh, low cards theory of exchange, you know, when two bodies come in contact with each other, there's going to be an exchange of evidence, where, whether it's hairs, blood, saliva, any of those things. And that is a tremendous bit of evidence. And it was no accident that the police canvassed for that. They specifically canvass for that type of evidence because they know how important it is as as evidence. And uh, now, of course, they will take they will forcibly take if they have to Jose Ibarra's DNA. And not only will they send it to the FBI and CODIS database, but they will use it as an exemplar to compare it on. The clothing of Lincoln Riley and to see if his DNA is on her body. Uh, if they if they do find the murder weapon, an object that no was was responsible for the blunt trauma to her head, that would also be a tremendous piece of evidence. So we're gonna look at all of those different things and uh Lisa Tindell uh, from the chat, prayers for Lakin's family and friends, 10 million non-vetted illegals in our country now and more pouring in daily. This is absolutely political. Yeah, you know, this morning I covered more of the um, of the illegal uh, immigrant part of this, and I wanted to cover the investigative part of this today, not to say that I won't uh, talk about that, that part of it, because it, it, it's actually pretty important. Uh, Christine 
micro. Will we ever find out if he was one of the ones that are prison and sent here? Well, that all depends on how deeply um, ICE or the FBI or Border Patrol or Homeland Security digs into his background. Can we find out from the Venezuelan government uh, what his criminal history was? I think I think yes, but I don't think we have a great cooperation going on right now with the Venezuelan government. I think that uh, more or less they're dumping their unwanted with us, you know, uh, Venezuela empty prisons and sent them here. That's a distinct possibility. It's a distinct possibility. Uh, let me play a little of this from News Nation. Put it on the screen here. is intensifying following the murder of a nursing student on the University of Georgia campus while on a run. Her suspected killer, his name is Jose Ibarra. This is his photo right here. He is an illegal immigrant from Venezuela. He's been denied bond, remains in custody. This comes as the UGA campus gathered for a really emotional vigil on Monday, honoring the life of 22-year-old Lakin Riley. Family and friends calling her an amazing person who will be missed. Caitlin Becker joins us live from Athens, Georgia. Caitlin, Lakin's family trying to turn her tragic death into something positive as the community honors her. I can't imagine how distraught they are. You know, Marky, it was all about Lakin yesterday. Her presence really loomed large on this campus. There was a really emotional vigil. Students from the University of Georgia and Augusta University, her nursing school, just poured in by the hundreds. They were holding each other up as they cried. They carried flowers, red and green ribbons. You can actually see some flowers laid here at the gate right behind me at the University of Georgia in memory of Lakin. Also, the vigil was for another UGA student who died last week. He was also honored. Now, the event was entirely student run. It was planned by the university's Greek life and the president of Lakin's sorority, Alpha Chi Omega, gave an absolutely heart-wrenching tribute. Tell your friends that you love them and never miss an opportunity for a sweet treat, one of Lakin's favorite pastimes, and scream the lyrics to your favorite song as loud as you can. Be kind. Catch up with your friends. Every time I hear that sound bite, it it hurts my heart. Now, the university is just trying to get back to normal today, and Lakin's family is speaking out for the first time since the tragedy. They posted a statement to the GoFundMe page for Riley, which has already raised over $120,000. The family promised to use the donations in Lakin's honor. Quote, every single dollar donated will go towards starting the Lakin Hope Riley Foundation and will be used to drive homicide awareness and safety for women. We're also learning more about the person Lakin was in life. She ran every day, dreamed of becoming a nurse, and she was very active in her church. In a statement to News Nation, the Woodstock City Church said, We are devastated by the news of the tragic death of Lakin Riley. Lakin's family are active members of our church community. Our prayers are with them, as is our support to walk alongside them through this difficult time. Now, Marky, Lakin's alleged killer, Jose Ibarra, is behind bars today. He will remain there at least until his next court hearing. He has been assigned a judge, so we could expect that sometime this week. Marky? Those tributes from a friend, just a gut punch. Um, certainly a, a, a beautiful young woman gone too soon. Caitlin Becker, thank you so much. Thanks for watching. So just, uh, you know, just horrific. Uh, the whole the whole college community 
is uh, is upset over this. Um, I think more more or less the whole the whole country is upset over this. Um, it's it's the kind of case that um, is just you know it shouldn't have happened. Should have never have happened. Here's this 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 beautiful this beautiful girl, you know, and uh, she loses her life when doing something so positive, you know, uh, so positive out and uh, out running, trying to stay healthy. Um, a, uh, a nursing student trying to better herself, a, a, an honor student, uh, just, you know, just just an incredible thing that uh, that you know we can't we can't make uh we can't make light of this at all i mean it's just it's just a horrific situation and when 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 the whole college community gets together and you can realize the close community that most colleges are and as my co-host said the other night Mike Geary, most college campuses are safer than uh, most regular communities. That happens to be true. And statistics will show that. But these type of things can happen on college campuses. You know, and one of the things we covered earlier um, today, uh, I showed a little bit of, Cuomo, of, of Chris Cuomo because he had an FBI agent on uh, on his show that spoke about the um, the immigration part of this and the fact that uh, it, it's horrific that these folks aren't being vetted. And he got a little heated and he basically took control of the show because it seemed like Chris Cuomo definitely did not agree with him. I'm going to play a little bit of this because I thought it was pretty interesting. Special Agent Stuart Kaplan, criminal defense attorney. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, again, so how big a deal uh, is this one as an indication of what is wrong with border policy? First, Chris, it's unconscionable. It's unforgivable. Venezuela has the highest crime rate on this planet, hands down. There should be no entry for any individual who is coming from Venezuela unbelievable right when did you ever hear a talking head go on a news state a, a news channel fbi agent a retired fbi agent he's actually an attorney a defense attorney and come across as strongly as he did by saying no one no one should be admitted to this country from venezuela they have the highest crime rate on this earth hitting with some heavy-duty reality to Chris Cuomo, uh, who I believe feels exactly 360 degrees the other way. I don't want to speak for him, but based on what he says about this, let's play a little bit more of this FBI agent. Until that individual is properly vetted. There is no retort. There is no rebuttal. There is no logic that anybody can offer. Yes, Venezuela is a country that has huge problems, but it is also the most dangerous place on this planet, 
And we, as Americans, should come first. Our hospitals, our schools, our law enforcement community is already at heightened awareness for danger. Our quality of life is in the toilet, it's in the gutter, it's in the sewer. And you allow dangerous people to come into this country, they are gonna prey on individuals such as this defenseless girl, Chris, who was out for just a jog, just on a beautiful day in a park, minding her own business and falls prey to an animal. This should never, ever happen. Let's, let's talk about why it did. Uh, the Biden administration made the opposite determination that you just did about Venezuela. They looked at the situation and said that it is so bad there that there are many who need to escape it. And they are. Do you, do you believe, do you actually believe that our politicians give a shit about what happens to other people in other countries? And so they let them come in here. Do you actually believe that? I think that is the, the such naivete. And if he's trying to sell that nonsense, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Oh, they think that the things are so bad in Venezuela that we're going to save them and let them come to the land of milk and honey. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I, I'm unbelievable. Offered temporary protected status. Some 400,000 plus uh, came in, which is why everybody is hearing stories about migrants from Venezuela uh, collecting all over the country in, in desperate need. Um, you have the first let go, which is we got you got them coming across the border illegally, and they did catch and release. Then you have the second one, which is a municipality, in this case, New York, catching them for a different crime, and then letting them go and not communicating with the feds about it. Which one of you of these two bothers you more? It bothers me first that we are a country that operates under the rule of law. I think all Americans are pro-immigration when you are properly vetted and you are going to contribute and add to our society. 100% I agree with him. I'm 100% for immigration, but I like the word in front of immigration that stands for legal, the law, legal immigration. I'm 100% behind illegal immigration. I'm 100% against. But there is a significant element that wants to come into this country because we are weak right now and they are taking advantage of this woke, liberal, progressive mentality. And Chris, I'm gonna call it for what it is. Most of these young kids have never left the city that they live or grow up in. They should all leave this country and understand how privileged, how lucky, and what should happen is when you come back to the United States, you will understand we are a country that takes ourselves for granted. We don't realize how fortunate we are to live in the United States, but we have opened it up and it is a cesspool right now to allow these people to come in and have fair game and prey upon all of us. They're living amongst all of us. I'm not telling you not to let in people that want to contribute. My grandparents, my great parents, great grandparents came in just like yours, came in through the lawful process. They immigrated to Ellis right. Island, but they were vetted and they were here because well, they wanted look, to contribute. Calls, that's why they're calls that is, uh, to re to reestablish an Ellis Island type facility Chris, and to go the, huge with the, the infrastructure, go huge with the capacity. The, I'm just a little different uh, from you, Stu. Let me give you the analogous. The Biden administration is like we're going to parole violent felons without a parole right. board. We're just going to parole right. them. No one's going to review it. Right. No one's going to care. Just let them out. 
I mean, does that make and sense? It's come illogical. Back. Exactly. And hopefully they'll come back for their date, which, you know, uh, is a very, very dicey move. Uh, when I look at the situation, two things. I'm a little different from you on the uh, they're going to contribute in a great way when they get here because I wouldn't be here right now in that case. My grandparents had no skills. Uh, they they had nothing to offer here except this. They had ambition, you know what Chris. I mean? They, had, they had ambition, but they had ambition, Right, Chris. they had ambition. They had ambition, and they didn't look for a handout. They looked for an opportunity. No. They wanted yes. an equal opportunity. The people coming in now, they're not ambitious. They're looking for a handout. We are a right. country of handouts now. That's the yeah, difference. Yeah, I get it. Hey, thank you for watching. Please go oh, to uh, newsnationnow.com. I've never seen, well, this, I, I thought that XP, the FBI agent was great. He uh, he basically told, you know, yeah, when people used to come here to Ellis Island or come here uh, legally, they, they didn't expect to be taken care of. They came here knowing that this was the land of opportunity, and they came here and they wanted to work hard. They wanted to work hard to become someone, to make something of themselves. But it seems like now uh, people just come into this. Well, they're coming in illegally, first of all, which shouldn't be happening. Uh, and they they expect they they expect the free lunch the, the free lunch program. Let's put it that way. And I think that this whole um, this whole sanctuary city thing is illegal. It's illegal. And 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 why? Do we as citizens put up with this? It's it, let's let's do something about it. And you know, you can blame both parties. You can blame the Republicans. You can blame the Democrats. What you have to assume as a citizen is that they don't care. It's benefiting someone to have this broken system. Many is benefiting many people to have this broken system. Who's it benefiting? Am I a conspiracy theorist? Well, why are they allowing it? And as we know, the president has something called executive action. He can just take executive action and change the law tomorrow. But guess what? He's not doing it. And the recent bill that I think that was passed in the Senate um, allowed for 5,000 immigrants a day to come through. So who's going to vote for that? Who, who's going to vote for 5,000 immigrants a day coming through? You know, I think that there has to be serious negotiation, serious negotiation right now. And really what we're more concerned with is public safety, because that's what this is about. Police off the cuff, real crime, true crime. We're concerned with public safety. And I don't know if our government is, because they continue to allow this to happen. Folks, if you're looking for a great attorney in the New York metropolitan area, then Joe Murray is your man. Joe is a retired NYPD police officer and a fantastic defense attorney. You can reach Joe on his cell phone at 718-514-3855. Email him at joe at jmurray-law.com or go on his website, jmurray-law.com. Not only is Joe a fabulous defense attorney, but he's a huge supporter of the Police Off the Cuff podcast. And we really appreciate everything that Joe has done for our show. I'll give a little picture of Joe. That's what Joe looks like, a former 
PBA boxer in his day and uh, a real a real example of a fantastic defense attorney. Well, folks, I can't, I've, I've covered this quite a bit, and I really feel almost like uh, Schmitty, good to see you from Schmitty from the chat. Go on, Sergeant Bill. I, I will. Pauline Buckles, the people coming through Ellis Island where Todd started businesses, built this country. Look, obviously, we. I think most of us, um, we're all, I, I'm all pro, 100% pro-immigration, 100%, but legal, legal. Uh, Janine Dove, our president doesn't care, he can shut the borders if he wants to. Well, that's absolutely true. Uh, Anthony Aguero goes live about this almost daily. It's insane. I don't want to cover this all. I just I think that this is important from several different uh, positions. From of course the first being uh, the the murder of, of this this beautiful this beautiful student here. That's Lincoln Riley. That's what's the most important thing is that we don't forget her. And we remember that uh, people like this in this country, shining stars, shining superstars that will never reach, attain the heights that they should have because their lives were snuffed out when they, when they shouldn't have been, when they should have, someone, and the government should protect them, you know? Wanda Courtney, love when you are on live. Thank you for all the info. Wanda, thank you for coming by. Really appreciate it. Uh, original rhino tea. Some of my daughter's neighbors are going back to El Salvador. They say it's too dangerous here. Well, yeah, I don't know about that if you compare it to El Salvador. But uh, it's um, it's a topic that's going to um, be with us for a while. Uh, so it, it's something that uh, we'll keep we'll keep covering. Uh, I, I think at some point. The news media is definitely going to lose interest in this, but uh, as I said, I, I think it's I think it's really important to keep talking about this. I think it's important to keep this young lady in your thoughts and in your prayers, Lake and Riley. And uh, that's about the show tonight, guys. I, I wanted to cover this from the perspective of some of the new information that's out there. So folks, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Have a great night and God bless. One episode, just ain't enough.